Yo, 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 what's happening, everybody? Welcome to the LTK Athletic Show. My name is Luther Kangas. On today's show, I've got a special guest, a uh, good friend of mine, and also, I gotta say, the funniest guy that I know. Um, I think people that know him would probably agree as well. The one of a kind, Mr. Eric Angsted. Uh We go way back, uh, good friends, and just glad he was able to take some time and throw together a little little podcast for you guys so hope you guys enjoy it i know we had a good time you know actually when i first came up with my podcast i came up with a list of about i don't know it was five to ten people of like who do i want to sit down and talk with and he was definitely on that list so just happy we were able to to take some time and and uh yeah enjoy guys eric Oxted in the house all right folks today's guest good friend of mine um we go back i don't know how many years 30 ish somewhere in there um good buddy of mine from high school played ball together hockey together growing up same neighborhood same block all that good stuff mr eric Oxted joins us today what's shaking not much man thanks for having me yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so today's uh, show outline, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Twins. That's kind of our, our deal is, is baseball. So we're going to talk about the Twins. We're also going to, I'm going to ask you a top three, and we're going to put a little twist on that top three list. We'll make it kind of a, I don't know, we'll do some sort of improv with it. It should be should be interesting um and then we're also going to talk about people mispronouncing words how they mispronounce them we'll use an example and then we're going to do uh we're going to finish with story time we had a, an interesting story involving menards that we're going to talk about too so we'll get into that first things first so let's get rolling with the twins man um first of all i want to ask you what do you think about Rocco Baldelli this year being hired, being the man, switching things up a little bit. What do you think? I kind of had mixed emotions, I think, when we hired him, and partially because I liked Paul Molitor. Also, at the time when the Molitor firing was made, I guess I was even somewhat concerned with our front office. Uh, now, being where we're at end of the season, but also probably by May – uh, I realize Baldelli's the right guy for our team. Our front office is awesome. Yeah. And I think Baldelli's got a good spin on using metrics, but he also understands the day-to-day grind in baseball. He was actually a good player. I think he was – I want to say he's was a first-round pick. And the only thing yeah, that really – Yeah, he was like fifth overall, I think, in 2000. Yep. And, and he could play too. I think his career was stymied with injuries. But anyway, that got off, off pace. I think he's he's done great. He's a good face of our team, and uh, he's made it fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, he's – you know, he, to me, he was obviously a little bit unproven, and I was like, well, I, you know, I really don't know what to expect with the team this year with him taking over. But he definitely brings, like, the new age spin to baseball. He's super open-minded, um, you know, using the analytics and, and all that stuff, the shift. They use it more often, you know, than most teams. Um and yeah he's been i think the biggest thing that he's been good at is like managing 
the players and like changing the lineup up, keeping it fresh, keeping it new like every day. I feel like you know, one was like I don't, I don't feel like we've ever settled in on one particular lineup. No, I everybody's sitting in a different spot. Like yeah. I saw something where Arias, who's like to me, he's like a typical like two hitter, right? Contact yep. guy gets base hits. Um I think the only place in the order he has not hit are one, two, and nine. <laughs> That's which great. are like the spots where a traditional manager would be like, Yep, you're a one guy, you're a two guy. Right. Maybe three in the nine hole. Whatever. Pigeon. Yep. But he just he's done a good job keeping things fresh with everybody. Lineup's never the same. Um <clears throat> you know, he keeps rolling the bullpen out there and we'll get into that, but he keeps rolling the guys out there to continue to give him confidence. Whereas I think Molitor or even like old baseball guys would be like you know what? This guy's struggling right now. He's only getting mop-up duty. You know, we're not going to use him tonight. Whereas Baldelli's like, you know what? We got to instill confidence in this dude, so we're going to roll him out there again. Which I think is big. You know, like as a player, it's like, whoa, okay. Like they're still giving. Yeah, I, I think Baldelli's good with. I think first of all, he did a really good job this year of letting players know, hey, we got 14 or 15 guys who are all capable of starting. We're going to roll everyone in. So if you sit a day or two in a row, don't get down. Understand that this is a long season. We're in it for the long haul. And we want to let guys play, but we also want to keep guys rested. And I think the team's bought into that. And I think for a young manager to be able to, you know, get that type of confidence from his guys, I think that says a lot to how respected he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been huge. I, you know, thinking about, like, Molitor – um, he's probably one of the more like smartest baseball guys out there, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, when it comes to being a manager, is just managing your team, your personalities, instilling confidence in your players, keeping things fresh, like keeping the clubhouse loose. Which obviously, I think they're doing that. Like they don't do much BP. Yeah. Which you know, I think that's cool. Like that's he, he's just he's he strays away from a lot of the norms and a lot of the you know, old baseball stuff that has just become like clockwork. And he's, yeah. he's kind of brought in a new fresh, like, Hey, we don't have to do it like that. You know, I think back. So <clears throat> you brought up him staying away from the norms too. And then we had talked about batting uh, players, prototypical spots in batting lineup, but even a step further, what I've noticed is not only do you have certain guys who you'd think prototypically would hit fourth or oh, second or first, it doesn't matter what have you, Take Miguel Sano. He'll bat four one day, mm-hmm. and I've seen the next day he's hitting eight hole. Yeah. So these are. It's not like he's jumbling it a little bit. He's moving it flat around. Yeah, and, and I'd I'd be interested to hear like what the logic is with that. If it's all matchup based, like on the pitcher, or just you know, if I, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me how you know how much variety is in the lineup. I found that intriguing, and I, I haven't heard anything about that. Have you? Like, no, I sent Falvey an email, but he hasn't responded. <laughs> no, I, you bring up a good point. I, it, there's obviously something to it. That's the other thing. It seems like this regime, whether it's front office, coach, just the whole team, it seems like they don't do anything just because. Everything they do from lineups to pitching changes, everything's got a reason. Uh, all the way down to the nitty-gritties of the game. Is it lefty on righty? Is it... What has this guy done in the past? Where does he have a propensity to hit? But I don't think they do anything by mistake. So you bring up a good point. There is probably something behind it. 
and it'd be interesting to find out why yeah. these drastic lineup <clears throat> changes happen. Yeah, it's you know, just based off of my baseball experience and my coaching experience and whether it's anywhere from high school, college, a little bit of pro or watching major league baseball, there's not a ton of variety in lineups throughout the league or throughout, you know, especially throughout time, good, really. Especially like, with good teams. Yeah, like they'll keep Babe Ruth's going to hit four. You know, Kirby Puckett's going to hit three. Um, you know, like they're staples. We, we haven't really had a staple other than, what, Buxton hitting nine? Like maybe, when he's in the lineup, maybe Cruz hitting three hole, but yeah. he's been he's been moved too. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I find it interesting. I wonder what their logic is. I'm sure, obviously, they have some logic behind it. But yeah, no, he's he's been a huge hire. He's been awesome. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how things finish up here. But one uh, one quick question I had. I was thinking about this the other day. Who do you think the team's MVP is? Because there's a, I think like. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different. Uh, there's a few different guys that you caught me. At a, you caught me in a weak moment because I, I love the Strudel, Max Kepler. Uh-huh, yeah, and yeah. man, has he been hot lately? I, to me, we've got a lot of guys. So I like Strudel. I, I like him because he's hot when he needs to be. He's also big in big situations. There's there's guys who you feel like put up good numbers, but they put them up against the Orioles. Right. And, you know, They're not Kansas doing it in City. Big spots. And I think Kepler's the opposite. But then. Yeah, he's come up clutch. <clears throat> obviously, Rosario's up there. But something something odd that, I, that I've noticed, and actually Dick Bramer talks about it all the time. The Twins are better when Buxton's in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And defensively, like, he's a stud. And the guy's putting together good at bats, too. Yeah. So honestly. A lot of doubles, stolen bases, obviously. When you talk about most valuable player and you take numbers out, like I think our team hurts the most when we don't have Buxton. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll go Buxton. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna agree too, just because I think I saw the stat where it, it's something I don't know what the exact updated stat is to this point, but they're like seven and fourteen without him, and they're like fifty-two and twenty-eight or twenty-three with him in the lineup, which. That's pretty doggone drastic. I don't know what the numbers are with Kepler or any of the other guys, but <clears throat> one of the things that Baldelli says is Buxton brings just this energy to the team and like a jolt, you know, to the lineup. And he just has a presence. The way he goes about his business and, you know, and like he's been huge. So I think that is something that's just unseen and unheard. That's huge. You nailed it. I You, you nailed that. Buxton does bring something. And I – you know, there's, I'm sure there's stats. But I did hear an interesting quote yesterday while watching the Hall of Fame induction. And I'll probably mess it up. But basically it had it had to do with when certain guys make the Hall of Fame because they've had a long career, they're able to put up numbers because of a long career. And sometimes people talk about those guys and they say, yeah, but he did those numbers over such a huge period of time. But there was a quote, and I, like I said, I'll probably screw it up, but effectively it had to do with in order to to put up those numbers, you got to be healthy. And I think, mm-hmm. gosh, who was it? I can't remember who said it, but I think the, he said the best type of ability in a player is availability. Yeah, yeah. So that's a detractor for boxing. durability, too. Durability, even. there you go. Yeah, um, Bud Grant said that with his players, too, Did like he? back – back in the 70s 
um, with with the the Vikes. But yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> I, I hope that the injury stuff with him doesn't continue to plague him, and he's able to like be healthier more often because yeah, he's a freaking stud, and he's a huge part of our our team so far. Success, and, yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> We're in unison there with Buxton. Um, all right, so we're at a point in the season where obviously there's some needs that have kind of reared reared its head in the past few weeks. It's been going on for a while, but even in the past few days now, there's been some stuff going on. But So this might be a lead-in question that's pretty obvious, but what what's our biggest need moving forward for the team, for the Twins? I would say in my opinion, our most glaring issue is our bullpen. And basically it's a, if, if we want to mitigate Rogers from having six out saves, I know Rogers just blew one, but Rogers, right. is a, he's a stud. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. everybody he's, gets, everyone gets there. He's the most underrated reliever in the league. I think I agree I, with you. Hands he's, down. he's really, really good. So, but it, historically, and actually more lately, you look at these really good teams that make playoff pushes. They get a solid six or seven from their starter. Mm-hmm. And even if they get six, they got a seventh inning guy who's lights out. They got an eighth inning guy who's lights out. Mm-hmm. And then they got a closer who's even nastier than those two. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, and not just because of the last couple of days wherein May almost blew one and Latell did blow one, the Twins have a glaring need for some studs on the back end. The days of pitchers going eight innings is over. Right, Starters. yeah. Yep, yep. And especially, like, come playoff time. You know, it's one of those deals where 100 is pretty much the magic number. Sure, maybe 110 every once in a while. And that, but that, sometimes that's only getting you into the sixth inning. Like, you know, like you said, that's that leaves three innings where you need, you know, somebody to come in and shut the door. And... Rodgers is the only guy I really trust in our bullpen. Other than that, you've got – I think Harper is actually having a good year, and whether that's lucky, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I like him, um, but I don't really trust him in a playoff situation. No. Um, I think May has the stuff but not the confidence. Like, dude, he throws hard, but he just – he lacks that. I, I was – I'm glad you brought up May because I, I was – thinking the same thing i want to love him he's got that gas Throws 96 what right seven you know, 97 his curve the thing with this curveball that, that that's weird is it's got good break it looks like a nasty curve yeah good tight spin but for some reason the opposing hitters are always on it yeah dude they pick it up easy and i don't it's know like, what i don't know if it's if he's releasing it too far out. i don't know the or if he can tell maybe he cups his hand or like just maybe the way there's it, some like, sort of tip but yeah he the, and so that pitch is almost it's not worthless but it's basically like a change up yeah, to catch somebody if it's in the zone they're gonna hit it hard like yeah it i don't know it's something weird so about you're that. right may yeah no go so really it's rogers right so you pick up two dudes but then t- to elaborate on your question because i think why wouldn't i answer it two ways we also need and i think this is almost as important long term we need a stud pitcher I think we've got a number two and a bunch of number threes. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking – when I say number two, I get Barrios is a legitimate one because technically does one mean you're top 30 or how many teams are in the majors? Yeah, there's 32. So, so if, you're, if you're one of the best 32 pitchers starting technically – There's a 30. It is 30. So you're an ace, right? Yeah. But what I'm talking about is those bulldogs. 
those guys who, when they go in, unless you don't score, you're probably going to win. The top ten. So you got what Verlander. You got uh, who else is up there in the league? Scherzer. Um, Kluber. Yeah, Kluber's. Yeah, he's probably top ten. Yeah. Um, there's a few guys that sale when he's. I mean, Kershaw. typically, yeah, Kershaw in the past. Maddie, Mad bum. Yeah, Mad Bum. He's. I mean, he's lost a little bit. You know what's great but... about Bumgarner though, <clears throat> and I want him. He's a gamer. Oh, he's he's, he's one of those guys yeah, in he's... big spots. He's gonna elevate his game. Yeah, he's got he's got some some he's got a pair on him. He's got a set on him when yeah, it comes. Yeah, sure to, does. Yeah, he's a stud. Um, so all right, we talked about bullpen biggest need. So do you think? Do you think they'll pull the trigger on something, make a move, and if so, like what level? Are they going to get – like are they going to give up a top three prospect, whether it's Kirilov, Lewis, or that Gratterall who throws like 100? Are they going to give up one of their big prospects for like a legit dude, or are they going to do a perennial twins move where it's like we're going to get a run-of-the-mill guy who's like pretty I effective? But yeah, like I mean just something – just above average and give up like a number 10 prospect in there. You know, what are they going to do? What do you think? I honestly have no idea. Our, we've played our cards so close to our vest. Historically, the twins would go get it's a, just journey, what we do. Yeah. a journeyman. Yep. And I know I've heard our front office say publicly that we're not highly interested in a rental, which Right, that, so they that, want another year. They're going to so finish Stroman, this year and at least another year on his contract. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what they say. Now, will, they, will we give up our top three prospects? They also said they're not going to do that. But I think that every single day when your surroundings change, when you, when you were 11 games up and now you're three on Cleveland and you start to see glaring weaknesses, especially against these better teams, yeah. does what you're willing to give up change? Because you can get anything you want. It's a matter of will you give it up. Right. You can't have it both ways. Do I think we will? Honestly, I hope we will, but I don't think we will. I think we'll get two bullpen guys, and we'll get another pitcher, in my opinion, who's like another number three. Which, yeah. Which we don't really need, because who, who do you relegate to the bullpen if we get another starting pitcher? I, and I, when I, I think, I think we, Perez might be a decent bullpen guy, because he throws hard enough. He's lefty. You know, he's... I think he might be decent in the bullpen. I just don't know, you know. I mean, he, he'll definitely help out the bullpen. So I would imagine he's going to slide back there. Um, but I don't know if – Makes sense. It, but there's something to be said, too. Like, all of a sudden you go to the bullpen. So your mentality changes, your preparation changes. Are you really going to, like, be a guy? Whereas, like, a dude with the Giants, that Will Smith guy, like, he's yeah. lights out this year. And I'd love to get him, but I'm pretty sure it's going to take one of the top three prospects. Are we going to pull that trigger and make that move? I don't know. And it just sucks, but I think that's what is going to happen is we're not going to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to kind of hope to get lightning in a bottle with one of the guys that we pick up. And maybe he does. Maybe he just gets hot. And I don't know. It. it, it I don't want to be pessimistic. I'm just trying to be realistic. I think that's what's going to happen. We're just going to get an above average guy and give up like a number eight prospect so i i agree with you i think that's probably what'll happen unfortunately yeah but it doesn't make it right no doesn't make it right (laughs) (laughs) no no 
Um, so to wrap up with the Twins, what's your prediction the rest of the way? What do you think? How far are we going to make it? What's going to happen? What's the end result, would you guess? I think that by the end of July, what, what's today, the 22nd? 22nd, yep. I think by the end of July, we will no longer have a lead in the American League Central. And then I know our schedule gets easier and Cleveland's gets tougher. Yeah. But I know, too, Cleveland's getting back some key pieces. Mm -hmm. I know Kluber threw 30 pitches today. My guess is that it comes down to the absolute wire. I mean, last day even maybe a play-in. And I think that I think the Twins are going to do it. Yeah? I really do. I think so you think gonna, we'll win the division? I think we'll win the division, then we'll get the Yankees in the first round. And with this team that we got, we will get destroyed. But could we do a couple things to legitimately contend with them? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's going to take two probably key moves. At least. Right? To do that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I like that prediction. I'm not – yeah, I, I can't say – anything other than that so solid all right so moving on we've got uh what was our next little segment here we're gonna do we're gonna oh yeah top three so i wanted to ask you your top three that's kind of one of my bits on the show top three segment so i want to know your top three we're gonna go you and i are both metallica fans um, what's your top three Metallica songs? Wow, awesome question. And I mean, obviously, there's a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, so I don't expect you to come up with something right out of the gate. I've I picked hang on, my three, hang on, but I bet I know one of yours. Can I guess one of yours? Yeah. Will you tell me if I'm right? Yes. My friend of misery. It is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I just heard it today too. Like listening, get, kind of getting ready for the show, and dude, it just shreds. It's unbelievable. I just love that song. It's a great song. So good. Um, so yeah, do you want me to yeah. say mine first? Name, name well, yeah, that was that was number one. My friend of misery. I was gonna go backwards, but no, I really can't. So number two, fixer. I really like that song on reload. Yep. Um, and then number three is for whom the bell tolls. Nice. Ride the lightning. So I kind of have like, what is it? One old one. One kind of newish, you know, Fixer off a of Reload, which I l actually like that album. I'm more of a new Metallica guy, too. Mm -hmm. um, and then My Friend of Misery, which is middle, you know, black album. So, I guess. What do you got? <clears throat> maybe I'll try to stick to that. One, one from the older ones. Otherwise, I think all of mine would probably be off the older ones. So, I'll just, I'll do one that I heard today. And when I heard it, I was like, man. God, that's right up there with my favorite Metallic <laughs> songs. Off the And Justice for All, for All album. Yeah. Harvester of Sorrow. Yeah. I really yeah. like that song. Uh, now, if you want to go mid-road, I'd probably go, well, if, if we're saying mid-road's black album. Right, it kind of is, right? It's kind of like. Yeah, yeah, that was their fifth one. I, so I think. Maybe load, but. Yeah, so, well, it, so. See, I like off load. I like bleeding me, so I would go that song yeah. too. And yeah, then, that sounds uh, phenomenal. I'm gonna throw out the uh, the whole order again. I'm gonna go back in time. I like uh, um, Dyer's Eve. What's that one off of? Uh, what album? 
uh, uh, Master of Puppets, I think. It's either that or And Justice. Okay. Dear yeah, yeah. mother, dear father, what is this hell you have put me through? Okay, you know yeah, 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 yeah. You got to let that out? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to keep that in because, like, the little twist thing that I had for this segment was that was, we should uh, – It's off And Justice. Okay. We should ad-lib one of those songs. Now, <laughs> like, just riff it, guitar it, whatever, maybe <laughs> sing it, maybe just do a little – <laughs> well, what a great I mean, idea. like, for whom the bell tolls, that, that one's, to me, I know that song well. Quantum, quantum, Rangy, tang, boom. Rangy, tomb. Quantum, Rangy, tang, boom. Ruby, tomb. Tick him, tick him, boom. Shooby, swing, swing. Shooby, sang. Tick him, tick him, boom. Rangy, tang, boom. Tick him, tick him, tick him, tick him, is that symbol? Bing tang tang room tang 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 room tang 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 room key tum tum bing tang tang boom bing tang room yeah, that song is. Sagaday, wank. Sagaday, boom. Make us fight on the hill in the early days. I got some goosers there. That friggin' song, man. Phenomenal. Okay, there it is. So that's top three um, with the twist. Now let's go. Oh, yeah. We're going to do mispronounced words, right? Oh, good. This is great. So, people out there and. I'll throw myself in the loop too. Yeah. What do you? Hey, be, before we get into this, <clears throat> I just want to talk about how we kind of got into this whole language piece. And I know you probably brought this up, but when we played baseball together in high school, there were a couple different words that we found hilarious, and uh, well, hilarious if they were announced correctly. And I think one of the main, one of the first words ever was Gatorade. Was it not? Yeah, Gatorade for sure. What do we was. call it? Gatorade. Or there was a school called Matamidi High School that we called Matamidi. <laughs> so that's where all this kind of focus on enunciation and mispronunciation stemmed. And now I think what we're going to get into is just kind of another branch off that tree, right? Yeah. I, well, I think, yeah, that just made me aware of like the way people talk and I just find it, it's just good observational humor. Like just people being people and like it's just what they know and it's just what they do and i find that stuff funny um because <laughs> it is yeah it's just it's good stuff so what, what we're gonna do with this bit here is i'm gonna say like the the real word and you say a version of the word that a lot of people use Got without it. even like knowing maybe how it's spelt whatever this is not rehearsed no no, we're going off the cuff here. So I'll say it. And then actually what I want you to do too, say the mispronounced way, but then also use it like somebody in the street would say it. it. Like, you know, we want an example too. So specifically is the first word. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> I, I, I want to say it's specifically. Yeah, it's specifically and, for uh, sure. Like. I don't like when those kids yell, specifically the one in the red shirt. <laughs> uh, what else we got? So we talk about this one, and I don't know if it's a Minnesota thing or like um, like a regional thing, 
But the difference between seen and saw. Yeah. <laughs> so like, hey, how was that movie like this weekend? What, what you know? What did you? What movie did you see? Ah, uh, dude, I I seen that one three times last week. <laughs> I seen it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's saw, right? You're like the English guy. Yeah, it's. Saw, I saw it. Absolutely. Oh, I, I seen her out. Uh, I have at the seen, restaurant. Yeah. I have seen. <laughs> I yeah. saw. Right. <laughs> So you need to throw the have in there to make it sound. But some people are just like, no, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. Well, there it is at the sentence. It's phenomenal. No, I saw, I was at, uh, uh, I was down <laughs> at Hugo Days, and I seen him with uh, two girls. <laughs> yeah, I seen him just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like East Side St. Paul or so. I don't know. It's just, it's funny. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, real word is bronchitis. <laughs> I don't know this one. Bronchitis. Yeah, right. I what, what, it, people say brownchitis. <laughs> I've never heard that. What? Brownchitis? Yeah, you got that brownchitis. <laughs> I I wouldn't have got that. Oh, I've, I've heard it a few heard. times. Well, then why don't you use it in a sentence? Yeah, he's got you know. Oh man, he's just got a I nasty cough. I seen him cough. the other day. It's, he came down with brownchitis. Oh, it's just a nasty cough. That brownchitis. It just you got. <laughs> Let's kick it up a notch. Let's use all the words in one sentence. What do we got so far? Oh, wow. Uh, we got specifically. No, seen. specifically. <laughs> I seen him two weeks ago, and his <laughs> wife said he had the bronchitis. <laughs> uh, Let's kick right. it up a notch. Here. Okay. So this one's a classic between us. We got uh, wind chill. Oh, yeah. It's uh, at least 46 degrees below windshield right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found out, like, to be honest, when I was probably 10, that it was wind chill. Oh, yeah. I, 10. I, maybe even later. I don't even know for I'm sure. I'm probably but... with you. I definitely thought it was windshield for oh, a while. Oh, the windshield? Minus 40. It's going to be nasty this week. Kind of makes sense. Now let's do all four in a sentence here. What do we got again? Pacifically seen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bronchitis. Now we're talking about two people, but specifically, <laughs> the guy I seen a couple weeks ago had bronchitis <laughs> because of how cold the windshield was. <laughs> uh, that's good. All right, so what else we got? Blessing in disguise. Blessing in the skies, <laughs> like it came from the heavens. It was just. Blessing in the skies, you know. <laughs> I think that's. You think that's fifty-fifty, or do you think that's more like only like a quarter of the people say I, it? I, I don't hear it a lot, so I really? bet it's probably like ten percent. Okay, I think but that one's awesome. Here's the thing with all these words, <clears throat> I think that our brains are trained to know what the right, the correct word is. So there's probably a lot of times when people misuse the word, but our brains correct it for our head. So we don't even notice how it's being misused. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe it is 50-50. Yeah, I don't know. That one, I feel like I hear a decent amount. I, I, I love that one. I say it like intentionally just to whatever. <laughs> I think it's better than disguise. It, well, that one makes sense <laughs> both ways too, right? Yeah. Blessing in the skies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's do one more. Nip it in the butt. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's supposed to be nip it in the bud. Yes, like the bud it's of correct, the plant, but nip right? It in and the then bud. it can't grow anymore. Or whatever, yeah. it's just yep. yeah. 
but people say butt. I they think, do a decent amount as well. Yeah. Let's go ahead and nip that in the butt. Nip. We'll just get. <laughs> we'll just get. nip it right in the butt. <laughs> uh. All right. So to wrap up this one, I wanted to touch on this because I, I find it. I think it's a pretty funny bit here. Um, worst case scenario. Well, first of all. Worst case scenario, or worst case scenario. It's worst case scenario. Worst, or worst case. It's worst. Yeah, worst case, case. scenario. Okay, because I've heard worst case, just yeah, worst, just wor- just worst case. Sure. Or just worst case scenario, like whatever it could what be. What about Trailer Park Boys? Worst case Ontario. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. But the, a, the the thing about worst case scenario that I find just hilarious is like you're making plans, right? Like let's say, hey, let's go golfing at two, uh, and then we'll go out to eat after. I think people want to meet up at like seven, so we golf at two. Let's say worst case scenario, we're done. You know, six thirty, right? It's a long round. <laughs> worst case, we're done at six thirty, <laughs> and we get to dinner right right by seven, right? <laughs> so two's good. Not like worst case scenario i fall on a hill while i'm golfing and like break my leg well, right, and completely I was say, miss dinner yeah, it's like well, no hey well, worst case scenario well, we're going to be a half case hour scenario, late in golf like their mustard gas hits us and we all die <laughs> i mean to get you know what i mean like that's <laughs> worst i get what you're saying hey, just <laughs> worst case scenario we're worst, half hour late so hey here's the deal i got to golf I know I have to be home by five. We got that wedding we got to go to. I, I tee off at one. If the people are slow in front of me, worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario, a category five tornado hits us and we die. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love that. Everything else is slightly less of, of a, a bad case scenario. <laughs> uh. Good stuff, man. All right, we're good with that. Um, well, let's end this podcast here today. On we're gonna do a little story time. This one I already used on one of my prior podcasts, but I don't think I nailed it and I drugged the story out a little bit. So we'll try and sharpen it up. You know, nip little, you know, little spots in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> try and make it a little more efficient. So uh, Menards. Menard story. So I was painting your house, I don't know, three years ago, something like that. Yep. And so we go to Menards to pick up some paint, pick up some paint and materials. So we get to Menards, uh, go to the whatever paint section, figure out what color paint we want. Good to go. They mix it up. Which, by the way, my colors were way off. (laughs) But that's for a different story. Yeah. So it always comes, so it, what is it? It's always. It's darker than it looks in the store. <laughs> yes. So in the store, the lighting is probably like super white. So everything is lighter, right? And you're like, yeah, I like that color. Yeah. And then you get it into your house. And you're like, hey. The what now? So, <laughs> so anyways, we get paint. The lady, the, the chick that we were dealing with mixes it up. Right? Attractive too. Yeah, she was good looking. So that's actually another kind of sidebar to this story, I think. Not much, but yeah, actually it is. So what happens then? We get our paint, 
And right before we leave, like we're talking to her and she goes, um, oh, hey, stop at the front desk to grab a paper bag. Just to fill in, too, <clears throat> the place where we were getting paint was at the back of the store. Yeah, so, so a separate paint section, yep. yeah. Yep, okay. Yes. So the paint section is its own little entity. We're about to leave the paint section. And she's like, oh, wait, before you guys go, grab, just grab a paper bag up by the front counter. And it's twenty percent off anything you can fit into that paper. Is that bag. what it was? Twenty? I was, was trying to like that. I was trying to think if it was ten, Maybe twenty, was, twenty-five. I feel like it twenty was seems 20. right. Twenty seems right. Yeah. So it was worth it to get the bag, obviously. So you go up, and we go to the front counter, grab the paper bag, and then we go to check out. And it's uh, this dude who's helping us. He's a younger kid. I don't know, eighteen, twenty, something like that. And we go to check out, give him the bag. And we got what I don't know five gallons of paint, and he's just trying to shove as much possible in. I, I think too. I remember we we asked him at the front. We basically said, "You can tell with the eye test that what we have here will fit inside this bag, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, but I was told we have to get it all in the bag." And I. I kind of understand the philosophy, right? Because otherwise you're going to have all sorts of Tom, Dick, and Harrys yep. trying to take advantage. Well, this will so, in there, too. So basically yeah. the guy says, now nah, we have to put the stuff in. So then take it take it on from yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So he's <clears throat> trying to fit as much as possible in. We've got, I don't know, five gallons of paint. So he probably throws four gallons of paint in there. He's, we've got like a roller. We've got a roller tray. We've got brushes, like whatever. And he's putting all this stuff Preparation in. Preparation H. <laughs> Just in case. Um, and he's stuffing, going, boom. And we're just like, dude, I don't know if this is going to fit, man. And he's like, no, no, we'll get it. We got it. It's no, no problem. So he tries to throw in like the fifth gallon of paint. And all of a sudden, bag breaks, paint topples over, lands square on like the cement right by the counter. Spills open, whatever, I don't know. Uh, and it was lavender paint. Yeah, lavender paint on the floor. It was what? I don't know. It was probably like a four-by-four-foot like lake of paint. Yep. So now we got a little bit of a scene, okay? So manager sees it, and he's like, oh, shoot, we'll get it cleaned up. Just go ahead and grab another gallon, go back to the paint section. We'll get you taken care of. We'll clean all this stuff up. Good to go. I'm like, all right, sweet. So I step back away from the counter. I'm, you know, doing my thing, waiting for the the paint to get cleaned up. You go back to go yep. get the fresh gallon. And I think you're like, ah, I want to go back there anyways because she was pretty cute. So I'll yep. go back. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I'm like hanging out by the counter. Next thing I know is like they're starting to clean up the place. Um, assistant manager guy is like, oh shoot, I gotta rope off the the lane the lane where the paint is, so nobody no traffic can come through. So he goes to do that. He goes to grab like this chain that will whatever be the blocker for the aisle. So he grabs his chain. There's this old lady worker that comes through. She's probably like, I don't know, 60, you know, part retired. I don't know, who knows, maybe retired, a little part-time job. She's got this winter coat on, 
she comes walking through the aisle or coming up to the aisle where the paint is the dude grabs a chain he starts like chaining the place off as she's walking up and basically like forces her hand to go up against the counter where but, the the spill but is. really but really she should have just stopped right she should have just realized something was going on but rather than stop and i wasn't here to see this but i get it she was in a hurry yeah and she's like oh i just want to get by i don't want to get stuck here whatever so she's well she had a lot of stuff going on at menards that she had to still do (laughs) so she was eyes up looking straight ahead she had no idea and assistant manager guy goes to chain this thing and she's walking through she's like no i'm just gonna sneak by you and the assistant manager guy is like wait but bonnie like no you can't all of a sudden like i just remember like right foot i look up left foot right foot right foot was it couldn't have been like more in the middle of this lake of paint and it was right on her plant foot too, you know just right when she's planting and she had just no chance right foot in bam she goes up flying and then of course she lands square flat back on her like just north face flat on her back on her brand new north face that yeah. her grandkids chipped in for christmas for her. yeah because this was like end of january so it was like a mu- she had the jacket for probably three weeks yeah got to enjoy it just had to like it she it was, had a shine she, on it, it. shiny like she was just getting compliments on it yep she was feeling good she was gonna go to a movie that night and show it off and <laughs> so he, let me let me kick in a little bit here so th- all that part of the story the lady falling i didn't see so probably now, by about this time, I had the new gallon of paint mixed up for me and began walking from the back of the store, where the paint section is, toward <laughs> toward the front. Yeah, I want to hear your version. <clears throat> and as I was coming up, I guess it's probably 150 yards, I'd say at roughly 100 yards, there's different, uh, different barriers because obviously different rows have different things and obviously there's things in the center aisle kiosk. But what I can see up ahead is there's just some general disarray. Just commotion. There's people kind of scurrying around and hurrying. So I'm like, well, we just spilled a bunch of paint up front. I see all this commotion. Is there a chance that any of this has to do with anything? So as I'm walking up, kind of just assessing the situation, probably (laughs) 45 feet, before I get to the register, down one of the aisles where he's hidden from the incident, I see Luther hunched over on, <laughs> hunched over on the cart, trying extremely hard not to laugh. But as soon as I saw him laughing, and then I looked up and I saw Flo full of paint, I knew, like, he told me the story after, but I was pretty damn sure I knew exactly what happened. <laughs> and the best part of the whole thing is, is obviously we didn't want anyone to get hurt. But the best part of the whole thing is, to me, is we basically asked this kid, like, hey, you're not going to make us throw this in the bag, are you? And he's like, nah, nah, it's, it's policy. We got to throw it in the bag. <laughs> so now, in retrospect, this cost-saving measure that Menard's management made Actually cost them a North Face jacket, and they might have got sued on top of it. Yeah, and Flo <laughs> probably quit. Oh, yeah. you know, Flo could have been one of their best later. employees. Oh, we know. <laughs> a lot of potential. <laughs> Gone. 
All because whatever wanted to get all his paint in the Diagon bag. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. My, the thing I remember most is I just vividly remember her, like, after she fell, getting herself up and just, like, the black <laughs> jacket was just, like, just straight lavender in the back. There was She went from a Steelers fan to a Vikings fan in about she, 30 seconds. Just the visual of her peeling herself up and, like, just <laughs> purple paint. All across her back. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. It's one of those situations, too, where you first want to make sure that somebody's not, like, really, really hurt. Yeah, she didn't hit her but head. But then or... as soon as you know they're not hurt, oh then it's gosh. just open season. <laughs> well, we had to go on the other aisle just to crack yeah. up because we didn't want to laugh in front of everybody, in front of her. Like, dude, we couldn't. Oh, my gosh, dude. It was, it was hey, phenomenal. Look on the bright side, though. Menards didn't give one extra... Can of paint for twenty percent off. They didn't give they didn't give away one extra stick of gum that day because <laughs> they were making sure that everything fit in the bag. <laughs> uh cripes. Oh, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, that's hey, it, man. Before you wrap it up, I got one yeah. more thing to say. Yeah. The home run that John Kangas hit is still going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh five thousand when it first started. And then it was eight thousand after a couple of years, and and a Milky Way galaxy got involved. <laughs> <laughs> and now, yeah, maybe it's who knows what it would be right now. You want to talk but. about the sweet spot? <laughs> <laughs> Just peered it. Ah, Cripe fan, appreciate you being on. Yeah, my times. pleasure. Hopefully, my we pleasure. can do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, me. man. Yep. All right. You bet. Well, there it is, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it and had fun. Um, I know I always do whenever whenever we get together and chat and, and talk. There's not many dull moments when you're with that guy. So once again, appreciate it. Angi, love you. Guys, thank you for listening. And we will talk to you guys soon. Learn, try, and achieve. Aw, oh, babe.